Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. Tonight to introduce to you some new voices, so some people that we haven't heard um, preach before, so um, very exciting. Um, And the first person that I'm going to introduce to you is Alex Turner. Alex Turner is a champion. Come on up, Alex. He um, serves so faithfully with his wife, Alinta, have two gorgeous kids, Aurora and Liev, um, and are just champions in this house. Um, Oh my gosh, she's so cute. You want to be with Dad? How good is Dad? Um, And they just serve so faithfully and are just so committed to this house and to sowing and investing into the next generation with serving um, and being the pastors of our kids' ministry. So um, give Alex a hand as he he speaks tonight. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Giselle. Oh, what a day. It's all right, we'll get interrupted a lot, so get used to it. So um, I thought I thought I'd uh, start off by embarrassing myself, you know, public speaking and all that. So I'll tell you a story. Um, I was home one evening. Uh, it would have been like five o'clock, and Lint calls, and she's like, "Babe, we're having burritos for dinner." So I'm like, "Win, ultimate win. Can you just chop up tomato, lettuce, grate some cheese?" I'm like, "I can do this." So uh, there I am, chopping, grading, doing it all. Link comes home, she smiles, she's like, hey, beautiful. I'm like, oh, come on. (laughs) She uh, walks into the kitchen and she just stops. She just freezes, her jaw drops. I can see cogs turn and I'm going, she's about to fart. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't, don't worry. She goes, honey, where's the cheese? And I go, it's right there in the bowl. Yellow, curly. She goes... You've grated butter. <laughs> yeah. That was a year ago as well. It's not like I was a child. <laughs> yeah. She, uh, she was talking to my mum just a bit afterwards, telling my mum. My mum laughed. She was like, ah, oh, can't believe I raised him. But uh, then a week later, my mum, uh, she enrolled me in cooking classes. Paid for it, CIT. I went, I learnt. Lynn still cooks, but I know butter and cheese now, so, you know. I still thank mum for the cooking classes, you know. I know what Lint does now and how hard it is and how much I should value it. So, Lint and I, we're in a, a season of receiving generosity now. Um, last year, in June, I quit my job to be a stay-at-home dad. And we had some savings... And uh, Lint went back to work, and everything was perfect in my world. I was a stay-at-home dad, Rory loved me, Lint worked, she cooked. <laughs> I mean, you know, living the dream. Rory still thinks I'm her best friend, so it, it's worth it. But uh, a couple of months in, I had taught Rory everything that I knew, and uh, I started to look for work. And this is where the trouble started. After a few months of looking, I got a few offers. It was all retail stuff, business um, running stuff, and I wanted out of that. I wanted to get into IT. And so it was a passion of mine. And then as I denied job after job, money started to dry up. And then my parents stepped in and they said, 
We're going to give you some money so you can keep searching for your dream job down your dream career path and don't have to go back to work and settle. And we're like, awesome. We accept this gift. You're amazing. You know, God bless my parents, eh? <laughs> so um, no job came. We prayed, we prayed, we fasted. We did everything, you know, short of giving up. And then, you know, Christmas came and, and money got tighter. And then who should step in but my parents again? They offered us another lifeline. And so we were just receiving this generosity. It was amazing. My parents are awesome. And then uh, my cousin's 18th was coming up in Melbourne. And I was like, oh, I can't go. I can't party on someone else's money. I feel bad. But my parents are like, you have to go. You know, you can represent the family. We pay for it, everything. So I went to Melbourne. I was chatting to a friend. We hadn't seen each other since we were altar boys back in the old Russian church. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and he was like, oh. I told him my situation. He's like, oh, I'll just text your resume through to a mate. A week later, I had an interview, and then I got the job. So, you know, friends and family. IT contracting, you know, good gig, good step in the door, and uh, it's been going for five months so far, so awesome. Now, you might be like, Alex, what's Lint's parents doing in all this? <laughs> you know, there's your parents stepping out, but uh, Lint wanted to have a home birth, and we were planning on selling our house, and Lint's parents were like, you can use our place. And so there we gave birth to our beautiful boy, Liev, in the parents' house, in their generosity. I was having wine and cheese, not butter, but cheese. <laughs> Lint was giving birth, doing strong. It was a great night. I loved it. I highly recommend it. Home birth is the way to go. Um, shortly after, we had found our dream home. We were broke, but it was a dream home. So we're like, we'll sell our house and we'll get this place. So there in steps Lint's mum. She does four to five days a week at our house. She just comes out, paints rafters, ceilings, fixes cracks in doors, sagging roofs, you name it. She's like a better homes and gardens season wrapped into one woman, <laughs> all right? She's just there, she's working hard. Again, it's just generosity of time that we receive. And so we go to sell. We sell in one week, you know, get a good dollar for it. And, um, but sadly, the new place needed a deposit before we could get the money. And then in steps Lint's parents, and they say, we'll pay the deposit and you pay us back once you have the money from your house. So it's just generosity after generosity, wave after wave, we just receive and we receive. And in this time, we're still, you know, worrying about money, we're still fretting. We don't really stop to just thank them, to just be, be receiving of that, just owning it. And then... Uh, and then in the last month or so, we've been selling our house. I've been doing full-time work. Lint's doing the kids' ministry. She's got two kids, you know, we're a busy family. And then I get a text this Friday that my pay wouldn't be coming in this week. That we'd be, you know, without money for the weekend. We'd be down to zip. You know, we've already pretty much sucked our parents dry. <laughs> and uh, I get a text out of the blue from uh, the owner of the contractor company. And he says, sorry, you're not getting paid this week. As a token of faith, I've sent you $200. And I received it yesterday morning. And then I received my pay as well. And uh, that would have been a tight weekend, but we did eat. So, yeah, God bless. Another gift. It's a bit of a roller coaster, but uh, here we are. And reflecting on this and writing this, Lint and I just stopped and we were thankful for every last bit of it. You know, we ourselves 
received so much generosity and we didn't stop to just, you know, take it in and realise what we had received. And uh, it brings to mind the scripture I reflected on, which is Galatians 6 2. Do you want to pop it up, Steve? If we carry each other's burden in this way, it will fulfill the law of Christ. Our parents helped us carry our burden. Our friends helped us. Our community helped us. When we were in need, people stepped forward, and together we fulfilled the law of Christ. We lent into God. We lent into family. We lent into community, and our burden was made light, and Christ moved in our lives. So we're ever thankful for generosity. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. What a great story. God is so faithful, hey. Just always there, even in moments when he doesn't feel like he's there. He is there. So, so good. Thanks so much, Alex, for sharing. Um, the next person I'm going to introduce is Claire Hotchkeys. Um, these guys, Brad and Claire, come up here, Claire. I love this lady. She's in our Connect group. These guys are just so... Um, just so valuable and we have just so loved you coming into our church and um, I'm excited to hear from you. So there you go. Thanks Giselle and thank you so much Alex. That was amazing. Thank you for what you shared. Um, giving is something I'm really passionate about so I'm so excited um, to have this opportunity. Thank you so much. But um, since seven minutes is pretty quick and since I love to talk, let's get started. <laughs> um, we're going to be reading from Luke 12, um, 13 to 21. So it's the parable of the rich fool. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. So the title of my message tonight is Be Rich Towards God. Now, uh, Jesus starts his teaching by giving his disciples a warning, a warning against a danger. Uh, Brad and I, one time, we were in California, and uh, it was a couple of years ago, we were with some friends, and they warned us about the dangers of wild bears and what we should do if we saw one. And a couple of months after that conversation, we were having a barbecue with some friends by the lake, and uh, a wild bear came up to our barbecue while we were eating. And in hindsight, <laughs> I'm just so so glad that they warned us, that they let us know, hey, this is what you should do if, if you run into a bear in the wild. <laughs> you know, we're, we're in the States. And so, um, yeah, I was so grateful for that. And that's kind of what I think about warnings. They're not always pleasant at the time, but they always do us good. And we're always grateful in the end for the warnings we've received and particularly from the warnings that God gives us. 
So when Jesus chooses to start his teaching by saying, watch out, you know, uh, beware, take care, we know that what he's about to say is going to be really important to us. And what does Jesus warn us of? Well, here he warns us of the real danger of greed. I think particularly in today's society, we can all see the allure of uh, living life for ourselves and um, always wanting to be focused on us and wanting more of, of things and what other people have. I think we can see that that's all a real, a real danger for us. In this parable, the man focused on building his wealth throughout his life, but it was all for himself. He wasn't rich towards God. Now, there's nothing wrong with having lots of money and having a thriving business and enjoying your life. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, But we can see that this man's error was that he wasn't rich towards God. And at the end of the parable, he's before God, giving an account for his life and um, everything that he worked really hard for, spent decades on, uh, God says to him that it it was all in vain. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of my life and showing up to heaven, like, that's not how I want to (laughs) arrive. I want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. Um, That's, yeah, that's how I want, that's what I want to hear when I get to heaven. So if greed is something that Jesus warns us against, what is the antidote? After warning against greed, Jesus actually gives us the key to overcoming it. And the key is to be rich towards God. Being rich towards God is a key to overcoming greed. Now, greed will tell you to hold tightly onto your money. Greed will tell you that there is never enough. And greed will tell you to embrace a poverty mentality of lack and to forsake gratefulness and contentment. But being rich towards God takes the legs out from under greed in our lives. Being rich towards God is being a good steward of your resources and what he's given you. So using your wealth to advance his eternal kingdom. Being rich towards God is when you own your possessions, but when they don't own you. Being rich towards God is being generous with your money, uh, obeying his command to tie 10% of all your increase, and then to give generously to causes that God places on your heart. Um, In my own life, uh, Brad and I decided um, a long time ago before we were married um, to take God at his word about this. And God has just been so, so good to us. Um, I could share so many stories of financial blessing and testimonies, but I've just got time for one tonight. Um, It was about... It was about five years ago, and uh, we, were, um, we had just gotten married. We were not earning very much at all, and for a variety of reasons, just for context, um, we, didn't, we didn't ever think that we would earn more than what we were earning at the time. And so, uh, but, but from even before marriage, we had always given our non-negotiable 10% tithe to church, to our church, and we'd always um, given offerings on top of that from, from every single paycheck. And one day I said to Brad that my dream for us financially was that um, us and any kids that we would have, that we would be able to go on an overseas family holiday every five years. And for me, that was very, very big. It was definitely in the impossible box. I didn't see any way that we could ever make that happen. Uh, We didn't tell anyone about that conversation and no one else knew that that was my dream. Uh, But not even a month later, we got a call It was Brad's parents 
and they, oh, the parents again. <laughs> Sorry, right. <laughs> they, um, they had just received uh, an inheritance and they wanted to let us know what they wanted to do with the money. And I kid you not, <laughs> they wanted to take us and any kids we had on an overseas family holiday every five years. <laughs> detail for detail, like exactly what my heart had desired. So God is just so, so good. Yeah. Um, Pastor Steve, I really love how you put it last week when you said on Sunday that uh, the 10% tithe is just obedience to God and that generosity is above and beyond that 10%. I really love that. So can I encourage you today uh, to take the next step of being rich towards God? If that's committing to giving your full 10% tithe, then do that. And if you already do that, can I encourage you to look at your finances if you haven't in a, in a while and see if this might be a season uh, to stretch your faith and generosity further. Um, Brad and I did this a few months ago and it's been really amazing. <laughs> Uh, so whatever season of life we're in, let's store up eternal treasures in heaven. Let's be rich towards God. Thanks, Claire. Give her another hand. So good. Being good stewards, advancing eternal, God's eternal kingdom. It's so awesome. It's so true. Um, I'm going to welcome Michael Botha now. Michael is a part of our creative team. Um, I don't know Michael all that well, but he carries, and Tana both carry an incredible anointing. Um, and every time, <laughs> I don't know why I'm crying. Um, every time you speak um, and pray, just the presence of God is upon you guys, and you're, you just carry such an anointing and a fragrance of the Holy Spirit. So I'm so excited to hear from you tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Thank you for those kind words. Hello. Yeah, I brought my Bible forward so I could hide all my tissues that I bring with me. <laughs> and I want to one up on Alex. Alex, when I was 20 years old, I, um, I decided to make rice for the gang. And so I took a cup of rice because that's what my mother always borrowed. And so I took a cup of rice and I chucked it into one of these little... Triangle pots. Do, do you still remember triangle pots? You had three of them in a circle. Yes? Yeah, you've got to be pretty old to get there. <laughs> so I chucked one cup in, and I looked down at the bottom, and I said, is that all the rice we're going to eat? So I said, all right, so one for each and one for the pot. How's that? So about, we were about three quarters full of fresh rice, fill it with water, put it on the stove. What was your uncle? Until the lid came off. So I split the rice, and then I split the rice again. And then, in the end, I had enough rice for a month. <laughs> so don't feel bad, Alex. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> All right, and in keeping with um, um, Ben's this morning, I, w those of you who saw the tap, that was impressive, right? That was a lot of stuff and a lot of little bits. I, I only have this one. It only has a front side and a back side, and it's, uh, that's about it. Sorry, Ben, that's about as good as I can get. But it's, it's, it's pertinent. All right, so let's read from the second, second Corinthians and verse 9, uh, 9, verse 8 to 11. Right. God can pour on the blessings in an admonishing way so that you're ready for anything and everything. 
more than just ready to do what needs to be done. As one psalmist puts it, he throws caution to the winds and gives to the needy in reckless abandon. His right living, right giving ways never run out, never wear out. Who feels that God is all in? He has put everything in. Yeah? Reckless abandonment. Um, Jesus on the cross for us. While we were his enemies. Yeah? The most generous God who gives seed for the farmer, that becomes bread for your meals, is, the mo is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something you can then give away, which grows into full-formed lives. Stuff into lives. Talents into cities. That's God's economy. Nothing into awesomeness. Right? Robust in God. Wealthy in every way so that you can be generous in every way. Producing with us great praise to God. In the uh, uh, Passion Translation it says, For when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. Right, so here we go. My testimony in three sentences. In 1984... A TAFE student paid $10 so that I can go on a, on a weekend camp, a Christian camp, and there I met Jesus. $10. A generous gift. That $10 for the next 35 years bought opportunities for thousands and thousands of people to worship God. I have been worshiping since that weekend. It has brought, it has bought generously. It has bought an opportunity for hundreds and hundreds of people to see Jesus. A generous gift is not about the amount, not about the many. It's not about the bulk. It's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. It's about the heart. God works with a heart. All his gifts, in Galatians 5, all his gifts is from his heart. Yes? All right, so let's, let's yeah, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. I have two testimonies. Sweet. So let's do the first one. Martins and Manda. In 99, we sold our home in Africa and we're moving to Australia. And so when you sell your house, obviously you have to move out. And then you wait until you can fly to Australia. Okay. And so Martins and Manda said, stay with us, stay with us. So we stayed with him. He's an elder in the church, and they were the pastors for the youth, children's ministry. So other than that, we pretty much didn't know each other, all that crash hot. Stays on a farm just outside of town, and 
hey, a, a generous uh, uh, house, um, homestead. He has a C300 Merc, diesel Merc, parked in the garage. He has this massive shed with even bigger equipment in it. He has a whole team of people working for him. Clearly, clearly this man is not in any form of need. He's not struggling, not at all. So in the evening we sit down and we talk about, we talk about God. Funny, that. Yeah? And he says, many years ago when he came to Jesus, this is now 99, right? I'm 34, he's 50-something going on to 60, right? He says, many years ago, I came to Christ and I said, I will diligently tithe. This was his decision. Okay? So that's what he did. Next year, he tithed. But now he added a generous gift. Once again, not quantity, quality, right? So the third year, what did he do? He went tithe and gift plus my new gift. So the fourth year, all of that plus a new gift. So when, I'm, when I stayed at his house, what was he giving? Guess. Give a go. Think in your head. All right. A lifetime as an adult, always giving a little more, squirreling away, giving a little more. So I said, Martins, tell me, how much are you giving? He says, I'm currently giving 90%. I, really? He says, yes, sometimes I give it all. You cannot outgive God. I have a testimony that you cannot outgive God. Disclaimer. If you do that in one go today, you will go belly up. You will not make it. You have to learn to trust God. Set it aside. Work at it. Set it aside. Work at it. God will bless you. And one day you will say, hey, I give 90%. So what? God blesses me. Anyway, I ride a new car, grand house. Yes? Second one is Grandma Dower. In another translation, Nana Dower. Original text, Omar Dower. All right, so she was a widow. She's passed on since. She was a widow and lived in a little house down by the river near the train track on a state pension, had nothing really, but she was one of those super individuals, always open-hearted, always friendly, always giving, always, always had time for you, right? And she was a prophet. And for those of you who want to prophesy, don't be afraid, she was as good as they got and she sometimes got it miss, all right? If you have the burn in you, prophesy. Okay? Anyway, that's what she taught me to prophesy. So I followed her lead. God followed. And we make a great team. <laughs> All right, so Grandma Dawa. One morning, very early, the softest, softest unctioning of the Holy Spirit. She gets up. She goes to the kitchen before, before the sun is up. She's 
oven is on at 180. She is mixing dough. She's rolling it out. She's, she's pressing little forms. She's putting it on baking paper. She's making biscuits. Another translation, bookies. Another translation, cookies. Anyway. And she, she really, um, not well off, right? So, so she's only making what she has. But if you know Nana Dower, you would know her front door was always open. In fact, it was chocked open. Um, I don't think it can close. I mean, it was, it was always open. Even if she wasn't there, it was open. All right, unbelievable. You didn't knock on the front door and come in. You walked in all the way to the kitchen and they knocked on the sill somewhere and said, hi, I'm here. You didn't go to Nana um, empty-handed either. You always brought something because you always left with something. That is how she worked. So she's making biscuits and in comes the flour and in walks the eggs and in comes sugar and then cacao and then chocolate and then oats. And so the bookies and they, during the morning, take on different flavors, right? So you have this whole batch of different books. And by 3 p.m., it's all clean, it's all neat, it's all packed away. She has bags and bags of biscuits. She doesn't have a car. She takes all of that stuff, walks out the front door, and the car stops there. And someone says, you want to go somewhere, Nana Dawa? She says, yes, please. And so starts the first of many deliveries of bookies in town. All right, so the hospital smells of bookies. The aged care center smells of bookies. Many people in need are now treated with this gift of bookies. Unbelievable. But this is how she works. At a hospital while giving bookies, the children are making get well cards, which she then gives to the old age people, frail people who need that upliftment. So she's given them get well cards made by the kids. And then she's collecting all the knitted little socks and cardigans for the kids, who she then gives on to all the people that she visits in need. And then she goes home in the late, late afternoon, as Spurgeon's, Spurgeon says, thou shalt not forget thy neighbor. She runs around to her neighbor, and the last of the bookies she deposits there. Why, you say? She always had this one saying. She used to say, tomorrow God has grand plans. That's what she said. A generous person is always looking forward. Grand plans, she said. I don't know what was tomorrow. She didn't care. Whatever the Holy Spirit said, she jumped into it. Because God is into a generous heart. Yes? So when, when, when Jesus came, died on the cross for us, paid all our sin, paid for it in full, in total, while we were still his enemy. Right? And God took him up into heaven. Did he leave us alone? No, he looked in the back where somewhere in the corner and said, oh yeah, I have a spirit back there. I'll give that to them and that'll keep them busy. No. The spirit of God 
is like you. You have a body, but you are a spirit. You, all the feel, all the heart that you have is in your spirit. And so all the heart, the very essence of God is in his spirit. And so that's what he's giving us, all of it. He is, he is all in, all the way, right up to the end. And he is doing this without a guarantee that we will say yes. Are you willing to be that generous? So now, I tried so hard not to cry. So now I'm asking you to make a decision that will you also, in your endeavor to want to be generous, to be able to receive such an abundance that you can give 90% away, such a gift of gracious giving that you can bake all morning and give it away in the afternoon. Are you willing to say, Lord, I'm all in? I want to be all in. And here's my disclaimer. You will cry a lot. If you tie your heart to God, you will cry a lot. You will laugh uncontrollably. If God smiles, the emotion in you just, you will laugh uncontrollably and God will change the way you pray who wants that change the way I pray yeah and so I want to give an opportunity for 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 those who are sick have illness in their bodies to come forward um, if you are not healed by the time you get to the front we'll pray for you I, I don't heal you. God does. Right? If you decide, I'm all in, remember, you will cry a lot. You will laugh uncontrollably. And God will change the way you pray. So if you say, yes, that's me. I'm in. I'm all in. I'm, I'm sold out. The God that gave everything that gave me all that I have and then said, the choice is yours. I want to serve that God because he went out all the way so that I can be saved by an individual who was willing to put a generous gift my way. So now, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. You, you stand. You decide in your heart. If you want to, if you want me to pray for you, the sinner's prayer. If you, if you want to meet Jesus. If you want to have this relationship. If you want to have the best thing. The best thing you can ever have.
He will not always cry like me. But I will tell you this, it will change your life forever. If you say, God, I want to be all in, then I'm going to ask you to pray the following words. God, tie my heart to your heart. Tie my spirit to your all-in spirit so that I can hear you, so that I can move when you speak so that I can change my ways so that I can pray your prayer yes let's stand Heavenly Father I thank you that you have given us the gift so generous that there is no way no way that we can repay yet you give it freely you say I God am all in I give it all so Lord we have nothing more than us we have nothing to give but us. So Lord, I ask that you tie my heart to your heart. That I can feel your heartbeat. That I can move when you say so. My King, I thank you that you save lives. That you change destinies by a simple, simple decision. I will follow Jesus forever and ever. I will sell myself out to Him. My God, I thank You that You hear our prayers, that You see our hearts, that You change, change us, that we will be more and more like Jesus the most generous man this planet will ever see. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online. 